Oh, 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 cheeky monkeys. Get on with it. Toppy, toppy. Hello and welcome to Burkat Wonderland. I've got bananas all over my hands, but that's a long story. With me tonight it is uh, going in alphabetical order, as I always like to go. It's Dan Potts from the same old Arsenal podcast. I've had to pay Craig two and a half thousand pounds to get him on. Dan, have I been mugged off? No, man, I'd say that was about right for for, for uh, Craig. You know, I know Craig well. No, man, listen, it's a pleasure to be on. Thanks very much for having me, Danny. I've always wanted to come on here, so much appreciated. I didn't even know you hadn't been on, like I said before the show, 700 podcasts. I barely know anybody anymore. It's just, just a blur. This is our, our sixth, seventh season. I can't remember. So, uh, yeah, it's good to have you on. You're brilliant on um, on Craig's podcast or your podcast, you and, and The Judge. It's it's one of my favourite podcasts right out there with Tom's and when Mike and Andy can be bothered with their one as well and uh, all the other little ones that go around. Brilliant. It's a great time for an Arsenal fan to have so many decent quality podcasts. Uh, cheers, Danny. Much respected. Appreciate that. <laughs> Lovely. And then also with us tonight, next in the list of alphabetical order, it's Femi Fem Femsta. I'm going to call you all of those all the way through the show <laughs> <laughs> until you turn your laptop off in anger. Right. How are you doing, guys? You okay? Good to be on. Uh, How's that? How does it feel to be one of only uh, three Arsenal game fans that's ever met me? Do you often sit back with a, yeah, with a yeah, yeah. coffee and reminisce about those good old days when we could go to football know, and meet right? people? <laughs> that was one of the last few times we did go, isn't it? Yeah, it was, uh, it was quite near the near the end of the Emirates going days. Who knows when we'll be back? Hey, I, I pay. <laughs> I paid about sixty quid for my purple membership, and I've used it for one bloody game. I spent about hundred quid in petrol and food that day, and it was rubbish. So. Uh, yeah, anyway, they're going to be bringing us all back. It'll be, uh, I think they're going to have one person per row in the stadium. <laughs> it's, going to be, it's going to be a nightmare. But anyway, at least it's all on, on the TV everywhere. Um, so we have, I'm just having a look who's it. got Michael from Sweden, was the first person here. Phil Macker from Norwich. Uh, one, there's, going to be a, there's going to be a bust up in Norwich because we're only legally allowed two Arsenal fans in Norwich. We've got Ellis, we've got Nick, we've got Phil. And there was a young man in the last show. He's also from Norwich, so... This summer's going to get tasty down there. Uh, Thunder Road as per one uh, nil Brentford. It's now two nil Brentford. We don't want Welsh teams in the Premier League. Uh, we've had <laughs> spent long enough trying to get them scumbags out. And also, who else is down there? Oh, Loki's there, and Mike Hertz is. I've got your question, Mike. I will be. Oh, you're in. What time is it in Vancouver? Oh, this is a new person, Chris Bebek. 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 It's Chris. Even when it's five letters, I fuck it up. That is absolutely terrible, isn't it? <laughs> and who else? So Bulgarian Guna. Uh, great minds think alike, Danny. I don't know what I said, but thanks for agreeing. And Luka Kolakusic. How can I pronounce that? And I can't pronounce something with five letters, all of which are from the English <laughs> language. And they're the SIC. They're all wrong. They're all spelt wrong. They've all got bits of fluff on top of them. Bok. Bok is Croatian for hello. Look at me. I am multilingual. So that's it. Um, yes, so let's talk a little bit about the, the Aston Villa game. I don't know why we should, because it was an absolute nightmare. Uh, Femi, what was your thoughts? And try and hold back the tears, because no, <laughs> Watford game. That's not Aston Villa. Do you know, I, do you know why I said Aston Villa? Because I'm going to go and have a look through our notifications. And that shitbag Josh said, are we going to cover the Aston Villa game? Because he's a scumbag. 
And now he's put that in my head. I'm thinking we have to cover the Aston Villa game. No, we don't, do no, we, I Femi? It's yeah, that was Tuesday, wasn't it? So, yeah. Oh, scumbags. Absolute scumbags. Watford, last game of the season. Weird game, wasn't it? Mm. <laughs> I don't really know how to... It was one of those games where you, you, you knew there was nothing on it, but you, you were still a bit anxious about the defending. I haven't even uh, seen the, the, the penalty. What happened? David Luiz happened. Isn't it? <laughs> no, the penalty for us. I turned it on after five the minutes. For us. Yeah, yeah, it was a. It was a. Okay, so it was. This was a really weird one, wasn't it? The player just clatters into Lacazette. Anywhere else on the pitch, that would have been a. You know, they wouldn't even need to go to VAR. But of course, Mike Dean looks at it, doesn't give it. You're thinking in first glance. I thought that looked like a penalty, but we never get it anyway. But, you know, as soon as it goes to VAR once, VAR twice, you're thinking, okay, this, there might be something in this. And then the way that Mike Dean was so reluctant to give it, even when they told him he had to give it, and his facial expression was like, really? That was a penalty? It, it just it said a lot, to be honest with you. It really said a lot. But, yeah, it was a definite penalty. You cannot clatter into a player like that. Obviously... The the villa um the who are we playing Watford players were really wound up you know Josh they were, they were sent out with me. he's got you with the villa <laughs> don't do it Dan. they were sent don't out with the, the uh, <laughs> with the instructions of get out there and and get into them you know those ones get get stuck into them and they just went a bit ultra aggressive in the first thirty seconds of the game it was, it was really weird uh, third was it our f- less than five penalties this season really strange one for us. Yeah, I think um, I was looking at the, the stats and I thought Man United got something like 13 penalties given towards them. And then I saw another thing that it was something like eight times teams have scored against them to take the lead. And those VARs then ruled out ruled out those decisions. If you did, Dan, you know, you're the man who likes stats like that. Am I, have I just made that <laughs> no, up or did right. I dream them? No, you're spot on, mate. Man United, Jesus. I was saying the other day about Bruno Fernandes, how great he's been, he's scoring penalties, just because he gets one a game to take. <laughs> I mean, Jesus, this team just get penalties all day long, don't they? It's just crazy. But I'm with I'm with Femi. I thought the uh, the game was odd. I thought it was a real strange first half because it seemed that everything we did went going forward was okay. But this is why Arteta doesn't play four at the back because Lewis and Holding are absolutely abysmal. Trying to play them two together was just like watching Sunday League team. It was so poor watching them pass, watching them try to understand how to go forward and back. This and David Lewis can ping a ball, don't get me wrong, but... That dude's given away five penalties now already in his first season. And is the only two players... It is a record. The only two players that are given away more are Koscielny and Chesney. And that was over like five <laughs> or six seasons. Not in one season. Five penalties in one season. And this dude was supposed to be like the commanding centre-back that we so needed. I just... No, nah, man. I, I don't feel it. Listen, that three at the back, David Luiz, is okay. He proved against Man City that he can be commanding and he can get through the games. But... Don't play him in a back four. And I think that Arteta was just trying to see what he could do going forward against Watford to try and get Aubameyang them goals because it was so clear to me that he wanted that golden boot and everybody around him wanted him to get it. Every Arsenal fan wanted Aubameyang to get it. But we're great going forward in a back four. But my God, are we poor at the back when we play a back four. It was so bad. I thought Sabayas had a good half. I thought Mate and Niles had a good half. And Aubameyang and Tierney were great. But apart from that, I was struggling really. Martinez got man of the match for me. Um, the penalty was a blatant penalty. What I will say about that, Femi brings up Mike Dean. He didn't do that for the Welbeck one, did he? He just went penalty straight away. Yeah. There's no, yeah. like, no no thinking, was it? It was just penalty, 100%. 
So strange game. Uh, great Aubameyang's second goal, by the way. Uh, no one really said how great that was. The overhead kick. I thought that was a sensational. I know I the defending was pretty poor. That was an amazing goal. Absolutely I amazing goal. And I squealed like a teenage girl at a Justin Bieber. <laughs> it was it was mad. Femi, 3-0 up. Do you think, that, were you going, yeah, we're going to get away with this and uh, score another two you know what? get the golden boot? <laughs> you know, as Dan was saying that, I just kept thinking, all I can remember about that game was, at 3-0 up, I thought, we're going to lose this, aren't we? It, like Every time, that it, it was such a weird game. Every time they went forward, they just were cutting us. It was like, free, as Arteta said in his interview, he said their forwards were cheating, which is Welbeck, uh, Saar and Dini did not come back across the halfway line. So they literally just stuck th- uh, three players up front and we did not have a clue how to defend them. It, the Saar just had the freedom of the left. He was just running. If Tierney wasn't, you know, such a good defender, he was just... He, I mean, imagine Kolasinac at left back that day. He would have been absolutely destroyed. <laughs> I mean, he was just... Have, it was just non-stop attack, attack, attack. Um, did it wasn't there the the stat about the XG that Watford's XG is the second highest in the Emirates? Um, that the other highest was us against Man United. You know the game that um De Gea had that wonder game where he's saving everything. Uh, yeah. This was the second highest XG at the Emirates, and it's like what is what was going on? But like you said, four at the back just just didn't work. Holding, I mean, God bless Holding, but. He, I think someone put in the in in the ABW group chat that he's he has two settings: either very very good or very very bad. That's it. He's never in between, <laughs> and that's that's Rob holding for you. Um, but yeah, we we were, you know, it, it's. I guess it must be hard. I, I, I guess when you've got nothing to play for and the other team has a lot to play for, it it probably did play into the way that the game flowed. You know, they had nothing to lose. They just kept streaming forward and forward. It, it was a, to be fair, it was a good, good performance from Watford. To be fair, and you look at their uh, their number. Just looking here on who scored, it said Welbeck six shots, Deeney got four, Saar got two, Pereira got two, Decor got two, their left back Messina got two, Dawson got one, <laughs> and then most of them we only had thirteen at home, and they scored. They had nineteen shots on target. Dan, I thought these days were over when a team would come to us and get what wasn't. Didn't one team come and wasn't it Watford? Like in Emery's yeah. first season, thirty-two like... shots, mate. Thirty-two oh. shots, man. <laughs> This this is what happens when we can't defend. You can't blame the managers, you know. People are blaming Wenger, Emery, Arteta. Yes, a culmination of errors, absolutely. But this team are not good enough. It doesn't matter whether you play Kalasanak, Chaka, Luiz, Mustafi, Socrates, Bellerin. They've all got mistakes in them. Kalasanak come on and it was just embarrassing, wasn't it? I mean, look at that. Look at that performance when he came on. He has got to be one of the first ones gone in this summer because he is he sucks. I don't care what anyone says. The guy is not good enough for Arsenal. It's not just the fact that he hasn't got the ability. He's brain dead. He's so unintelligent as a footballer. And we've got so many of them now that need to be removed. And that was a performance against Watford proves why. Um, again, Martinez kept us in it. Um, I think he's been outstanding. I held my hands up and said, I got this one completely wrong. When Leno got injured, I was seriously worried. I thought, wow, this is a goalkeeper or probably a player that's been our most consistent performer over the last two years. And then we've got Martinez coming in who, you know, Reading kind of didn't really want. 
And all of a sudden we're, we're stuck with him every game and he's been outstanding. I mean, some would even say he's been better in terms of performance than Leno, uh, but he was having another great performance against Watford, I thought. But listen, boys, I'm not going to lie, man. I am so glad that that Premier League season is done. It was atrocious. I'm really looking forward to the weekend. Don't get me wrong. Obviously, I want to win the FA Cup and I'm buzzing for it. But that season will not be one that I'll be telling the grandkids. Trust me, it was shockingly bad. And I haven't got grandkids, by the way. <laughs> no, not yet. Not yet. <laughs> Fem, did you think when, hold on, 3-1, 3-2, and then Danny Welbeck getting all, Danny Welbeck of 2014 getting all sneaky, trying to do that back heel. If that had gone in, do you think we'd have lost? I mean, that was one. To be fair, that was a hell of a save, wasn't it? I mean, strong. He's, he's got such strong hands, doesn't he? He either catches the ball and it sticks to him or that. I mean, strong wrist is what David Seaman used to, used to say. That was a brilliant save. I mean, Welbeck, to be fair, he had a couple of really good guilt head chances that just reminded you of the Danny Welbeck we had who had some really good I mean there was one that he hit straight at um Martinez as well hit him in the leg I think um but yeah we we were just I think like um, Dan said the formation we changed it back to three at the back and then we just we just didn't seem to know what we were doing at, at some point in that game. Obviously, we had a few tired legs. Uh, we had take Torreira came on and he had a bit of a nightmare as well. Just players just running past him as well. I don't know what's what sort of happened to Lucas uh, the last couple of games that he's played. He hasn't looked um, a sharpest, but man. to be fair, he has. What's that? Homesick, I think. I think he wants to homesick, go back home. Yeah. Yeah, well, but I mean, he did Shame, have that, like that, Shame. That, that injury, didn't he? So maybe we'll give him a bit of an allowance for the injury. Um, but yeah, yeah, we probably would have. I mean, on a normal day, we probably could have lost that game. But that's the advantage of having a Aubameyang, isn't it? It's the he's a he's a difference maker for you, isn't he? Certainly, yes. Just think of the position we'd be in this season if it wasn't for that. And I can't. I think the last time I remember a team, an Arsenal team, trying to get someone to get uh, goals like that was in uh, Gary Lineker's last season for Spurs. Ian Wright needed, uh, I think they were, I think Ian Wright was one goal behind Gary Lineker. Half time, Gary Lineker had scored one goal, Ian Wright was two behind, and then Ian Wright ended up scoring a hat trick in that game, last game of the season. And that was, it reminded me of that absolutely magnificent. Nabama Young should have got three or four down that game. And uh, I mean, that that one with poor old Inketia, I mean, that was really, really nice of Inketia to try and set Obama Young up. But I think Obama Young was going, oh, what? Oh, oh, cheers, thanks. And then, uh, didn't score the goal, but it would have been nice for, for Obama Young to have got that just to show that. He is, he's a fantastic player. And anybody who says they don't want to bum young at the club next season, Dan, they're mad, aren't they? We, we, we would be, we'd be relegated without him. <laughs> oh, I don't even want to know what it would have been like. I think the stats don't lie. I think we would have been 17th or 18th without a Bamiyang this year. I mean, that is absolutely scary to think that. And that what it does is it proves how bad we are in midfield and in defence. I mean, Aubameyang, for me, it's a shame that he is 31 years old. Because I look at it and I think to myself, if he would have come to Arsenal at 23, 24, like Henri, then who knows? He could have been 
even better. But his goal-scoring ability is just a goal machine. And people say that he doesn't work hard. Since he's been moved over to that left, he kind of has now. He's kind of been told that he has to work hard and has to track back, and he's starting to do that. I don't actually mind him on that left-hand side anymore. I used to always want him through the centre, but he seems to just be scoring goals anywhere he plays him. And this is what like you know people say about, oh, Chaka needs a partner to be good. Ozil needs players around him to be good. Aubameyang doesn't matter whether you play him through the centre on the right or left. He'll score you a hat full of goals. And that's why he's so good and so important and vital to Arsenal. And I believe he will sign. I believe he will. I think when you look at it, I think there's a lot of rumours that he's going to kind of extend for another year and there's another kind of pending on Champions League qualification next season, whether he extends past that. I think he's happy at Arsenal. I just think he wants to see ambition and he wants to see the right signings coming in. And as long as we can be uh, confident that Arteta, Raul and Husfami and the rest of them are kind of selling that dream to him, then I think he'll stay because I think he does love the club and I think he wants to be at Arsenal. I just think he wants to be like we all do want to be, and that's winning trophies. And um, who can blame him for that? True. Watch this. I, I wrote this on the weekend. Look, we scored 56 goals this season in the Premier League. Oba scored 22 of those 56. <laughs> that means between our other, what, 24, let's be fair, squad players, they scored 34 goals between all of them in 38 games. That's a shocker, to be honest with you. And I think we we need contribution from, from the team, to be honest. You cannot have your, the rest of your team scoring that few goals. I don't even think another player got into double figures for us in the league this season, just pure league goals, which, that, I mean, that's a big worry, isn't it? Massively, man. But look at our midfield, right? Look at, look at our midfield. Joe Willock is the only player that scored the most goals in all competitions. Joe Willock scored five goals, right? Martinelli got 10 goals in all competitions. Pepe, I think, got eight or nine goals in all competitions. And Laka got nine or 10 goals in all competitions, right? So you're looking at that situation and you're thinking, these players are not good enough to just not have, let us have no, no Aubameyang because it would be a disaster. And people say that Chaka and Ceballos have been brilliant, fantastic. They haven't. They've just stepped up. The players that have been brilliant since Project Restart are players like Pulisic and Bruno Fernandes. They're the brilliant players. Chaka and Ceballos have just stepped up and been good. So you've got to look at that and think we are the 16th in the league in terms of creativity and goals from midfield. So it's not just our defence is poor. You know what I mean? We've got to be looking at that midfield in the summer and saying we need a creative midfielder, whether it's uh, whether it's uh, Greedish or whether it's Obosliar, whether it's Top Campwell. But we also do need a holding midfielder beast like the Decores or the or the Thomas Parties that we're linked with. So our midfield needs to change big time, boys. It really does. Talking of the goals, Femi, uh, Pepe Premier League, Pepe five. Um, I mean, David Luiz has got two goals. From centre back, where Willock has got one, Torreira's got one, Saka's got one, Xhaka's got one, Nelson's got one, Özil's got one. Uh, so, I mean, when when you've got the fact that your centre back is outscoring your your midfielders, <laughs> you're, you're, <laughs> in fact, Socrates has got two as well. That nearly got by me. Our two centre backs between them have scored more goals than most of our midfielders put together. Oh, oh that's got to change, though, hasn't it? I mean, that, how do we change this, Fem? Do we? How do we get rid of these players? Because the summer is coming up and we need 
to get rid of so many players. And we can't go forward with squad rebuilding for next season because it's obvious they're not good enough. They're not doing the job. And obviously Arteta wants better players. And I think people, other players will see the way we play and see Arteta and go, oh, actually, he's got something going on there. But we can't be a club with nine centre-backs, can we? I mean, yes, their goals, maybe should play them up front. Uh, uh, you know what? I, I said this. Um, I mean, yesterday there was wasn't there reports coming out that um, Socrates isn't going to leave because he's happy with the wages that he's getting. I bet he is. And I said, yeah, I said that causes us massive problems because you, you I mean, imagine you're the boss and or Cronky or whatever, and you don't really pay attention to what's going on. You just see wages coming out. And then your your bosses, your underlings are coming to you saying, well, we need another centre-back. And then they're looking at just a spreadsheet and they're saying, well, you've you got like seven or eight of them. What are they all doing? And then you've got these two that are not playing any minutes. So why are they still there? There's no justification for for adding more if you cannot get rid of. So that means we're going to have to do a lot of bargaining to get these guys out. And that should be the bit. In the next two weeks, that should be it. Our, all our effort should be spent on getting players out and telling players, look, you, you're not going to play any game time. You, if you, it, It's weird because these players don't seem to mind, you know. They seem to just want to sit around and just, it's just it's like this new, it's not even, I mean, Winston Bogard was a was a, a <laughs> anomaly back in the day, wasn't he? Yeah. But these guys, it's like a standard now. Just look, you're paying <laughs> us so much. I don't mind sitting around for one year and doing nothing. I'm 31. My career's almost over anyway. I, you know, just just sit there and do nothing. It's a, it's a, such a weird. Career. It's like they're number two goalkeepers. They just don't mind. Just and these are like proper, you know, full time professional footballers just sitting around doing nothing. It's oh, I don't know how we're gonna get rid of them. <laughs> Dan, talking about the wages, I'm, I'm used to Daily Express. For, um, as I think as a general rule, the football manager games are very, very accurate when it comes to wages. I've got a list going all the way back to 2016. But if we look at the Daily Express from last um, from for this season, they said Mkhitaryan was on 140 grand, others say 180. And then you've got um, Kalasnic on between 100 and 120 grand because it was a free transfer. Socrates on 90 grand, Mustafi 90 grand, Torreo on 75. Elneny's even on 55 no wonder these players are going to want to go no I'm alright thank you very much I've bought myself a nice cushion I'll sit here and soak up the wages and like Femi was saying I was on um, John Miami Guna um, I was on his podcast and he didn't know about Winston Bogard and I was explaining to him what he did and he was the very first player I know to do that and how do we get in this position and how do we get out of it? Because someone just said in the chat, I did highlight it. Um, who was it? Oh, someone said they're going to have to cancel the contracts. Are we in a position where we can cancel contracts? Because we can't just cancel it. And someone like Meza, he's got a year left on his contract. Mustafi's got two years, although Mustafi's turning out to be a decent player. I think Socrates has got one or two years. They're not going to let go, let them go for nothing. Are they? The players are going to go, you want to get rid of me? I want, I want a, a, a big chunk of that money, aren't they? Man, the summer of 2021. I cannot wait. Please put it into the summer now. I honestly cannot wait to get a look at some of these players. Nobody wants them. There's hardly been any interest in any of these players for the last two years. Tyrone Mings can go to Aston Villa for 26 million and we can't even get five for the fucking Mustafis, El Nenis and all these 
These players are shit. These players are so shit. Nobody wants them. They are rubbish players, right? So when you get to it, how do we get rid of them? You're going to have to do some bargaining, like Femi says. But more importantly than that, you're going to have to accept that Meza Ozil is going to be sitting on the bench next season or he's going to be out of the squad next season sitting, playing Fortnite or whatever the hell he does because he's not going to be interested in leaving until 2021. Likewise, you look at Kalasanak, Chaka, Torreira, um, uh, Mustafi, Socrates. These players are all out of contract, not until 2021, 2022. So we're going to have to look at that. We're still stuck with them for the meantime. Like, why is El Nenny still at this club? Like, it is unbelievable to still think that he's coming back and nobody's, there's no even any interest about him. He's been given the tour number 25 as a squad number. Like, what has been going on? Like, he needs to be well out of the club by now. It's craziness. These wages are a joke. And it's Wenger and Gazidez. We need to get rid of the Wenger and Gazidez signings. If Jurgen Klopp, right, had taken over at Liverpool, what was it, five years ago, and in the Liverpool side, we are watching every week, there's Balotelli up front. Lovren at the back, Sacco, Lucas, Joe Allen. You think Liverpool fans wouldn't be frustrated? Of course they would. That's why we're frustrated and we've still got Wenger players like Ozil, Bellerin, Chaka, Mustafi, Kalasanak, all stuck in the side still. Get them gone, man. They've been there for four or five years and I hear people saying to me, they believed, I believe Arteta should give these players a chance. They've already had a chance and they messed it up. For five years running now, these players have been disappointing the fans. And if they let us down at the weekend, then no more chances for me. They need to be gone and we need to move forward. Like I said earlier, Chaka and Sobias have done well, but they ain't the future of Arsenal. We're not going to win anything with them. If you want the Chakas and Mustafis to stay in this side, we're going to be 7th or 8th again next season. So don't come crying when it happens. We need to move forward, not staying at the same. If only. Um, Fem, <laughs> Archie says... Why are we letting players train when they refuse to leave? We've got to be ruthless. Apparently, Guendouzi is uh, training with... Uh, was it on his own or with the under-23s? Because I know the under-23s have started training again this week. Um, yeah, he was trained with a fitness coach, they said, didn't he? Mm. Yeah, you cannot... I've seen a lot of comments about cancelling contracts. You can't cancel contracts or take... Imagine how much it will take to pay off a player. Now, what what happens is you're paying them off in a lump sum. So imagine you, I don't know, buying a car and you're paying it off monthly. And then all of a sudden you say, well, I just want to pay it off in one lump sum. It's, it's just going to deplete all your funds, isn't it? So if, if you want to be cancelling contracts with all your transfer money, then you can do that. But then you're not going to be able to sign anyone, are you? So I think the best we can do is subsidize wages and get them out. I think that's the, the the only way we can do it. You know, the ones that have a year left, you know, you are going to have to just say, you know what, go on loan for a year and then we'll subsidize your wages and you just get out. Uh, it's better not to have players who are not playing. What's what's the point of, of having players who just, you, you, like you said, how many big teams now send players to train with the reserves? It's not really a Premier League. It's, it's, it's sort of an old school Premier League manager mentality, isn't it? The George Graham days, the Fergie days, where you send a player to go and train with the reserves. Um, I just don't see that happening, but it's it's going to be loans out. I see a lot of players getting loaned out. You know, I don't mind that. We, I don't mind yeah, that. We, they're just a bad I, I smell, aren't they? They're a bad smell. Yeah. Just get rid of them. You know but there's mean? no point in a... What's the point of a player just sitting on a bench, playing one minute every now... every? 
10 games and getting paid his full wages. You might you might as well just pay half his wages and get him out of the club, to be honest. What, what's yeah. the point? And the thing is, as well, as well, Danny, sorry, someone put up, and I think it was Luca, but you can't get rid of 10 players uh, uh, in one window. I totally, totally agree with that. However, what you can do is, is, is sell like a mass exodus to say seven or eight, but only bring three or four in because these players are such dead wood that they don't even play anyway. So like, why would we need to replace El Nini? He's not been here all season. Why do we need to replace Mkhitaryan who hasn't? That's two straight away that can go out the door. Meza Ozil, we don't need to replace him because he's not been playing. You know, you look at the Gwenduzi situation and then you start to say, OK, that's a shame. Maybe we can replace him. But bringing four players in, let's say, and getting rid of eight, I don't believe would weaken our squad because there's eight players that are just dead wood that need to be removed. And I'd rather be playing some of the young players ahead of some of these seniors because I believe their mentality is a lot better. So that's how we freshen things up. Um, and I understand you can't get rid of 15 players, unfortunately, and bring 15 players in. But I'm not sure that it is like that. I think that we only need three or four world-class kind of first-team players that suit the style of Arteta for us to start playing better. Do you remember anything about the Premier League changing the rules on loans? I'm sure I did hear that you can only loan out, was it five or six first-team or five or six, six players to other clubs? Do you even know about that? There is a there is a rule, you're right, but I don't know how many it is. I thought it was four, but it might be five or six. I don't know. I think yeah. there is only a certain amount you can. And obviously, we're going to want to loan out some of the youngsters as well, so it could be an issue for us. Oh, there you go, transfer market. Says um, I'm, I'm just looking at something. For yeah. someone that says we can't get rid of 10 players in the season 2017-18, we got rid of the Ox, Ch- Sanchez, Walcott, Giroud, Coughlin, Chesney, Gabriel, Gibbs, uh, Debushi, Sonogo, Joel Campbell. <laughs> That's just to That's name 11. a few. Lucas Perez. Yeah, well, that's See, <laughs> you can. There we go. You can get rid of a lot of players. Remember, you, we turned around our whole squad in sort of two windows: the the summer and January window. Literally, all those players left, and we only had about five or six players come in. So it's literally the matter of you have to get rid. You can't have eight or seven or eight centre-backs on your books. It's it's just pointless. It's just a waste of money. I mean, like that's that's why I can't... I mean, as a cronky, you must be thinking, why am I giving these guys all this money? And it's just being burnt. We're just burning money. It's not smart business at all. I'm reading here on Transfer Market. I agree with what you were saying. It isn't, but um, it says, players aged 22 and older are affected with the new rules, which only allow eight international loans in and out um, from the start of next season. And then from 2022-23 onwards, um, the limit is set to six players. And it says a little bit further down, in the Premier League, Chelsea have made headlines with their, quote, loan army. In the past few years, Blues currently have 14 players out online, uh, out on loan. That's, I think, the ones that are older than 22. And Man City have 15. I mean, there was one point where someone had a list of all the Chelsea players that are out on loan. And Dan, didn't they have like 50 or 60 players out on loan <laughs> yeah, from yeah, all man. ages? Yeah, Chelsea had like 33 players on loan and it was just getting ridiculous. So, yeah, that, that, is a, that is a good rule in that respect. But we might come a cropper with that if we do have to loan the Urzels and the Mustafis and all those sort of players because that could be an, an, an issue for us. But 
for me is is I, I just want to have faith in the recruitment because I haven't for the last 10 years. You know, you look at some of the players that we've brought in, you know, Femi talks about the players that went out there. There was 12, 13 players he'd listed off, but look at the players that have come in to replace him. Look at the state of what's happened there. You know, I'm fed up of the kind of, we need a, a player for a couple of years. Let's go and buy Lichsteiner. Let's go and buy a Chelsea reject in David Luiz. And now we're looking at another one in Willian, who's still a good player, but he's washed up at 33 years old. I'm fed up of that. I want to go and see something that's exciting and look at the players that we could have had. And I know it's easy to say that, but when we were looking at Van Dijk at the same time that we looked at Mustafi, and when we were looking at N'Golo Kante, the same time we were looking at Granite Chaka, You've got to look at yourself and say, why are these scouts still at this club then? Because they've not done their job. So for me, Raul and, and Edu and Vinay, whoever it is, I, I'm still, I don't think it's transparent enough to know what the hell these people do at the club. But what needs to happen, in my opinion, is we need to be looking at what Arteta and Edu want for this team to suit a style. And if it isn't a Thomas Partey and it's a Decore, go and get Decore. If it isn't a Decore and it's some 5 million defensive midfielder from France, go and get the 5 million defensive midfielder from France. As long as Arteta wants the guy and wants to work with him, then it's good. That's why the jury's still out with Pablo Marie because he's only played a few games. But I'm okay with him because it's somebody Arteta and Edu said they wanted as a left-sided centre-back. I'm okay if we go and buy somebody from... Brazil that we've not heard of because Edu believes he'll fit the style. So that's the way I'm looking at it. There's a lot of rumours about Gabriel Magales uh, from Lille um, because Opa Mocano is looking more and more unlikely. Go and get him. A £25 million centre-back who sounds realistic, 22 years old, Brazilian, a beast, quick, pacey, somebody I'd rather have next to Saliba than the Mustafis and Socrates and Luizes of this world. So... That's the sort of signing I want to see is going Is he left-footed as well? I, I saw clips. Of, I've never watched him. I mean, I've heard a lot of about him. He's, he looks left-footed from the clips I saw today as well. I, I'm actually not sure, but he looks good. Yeah, he looks so. left-footed. Yeah, he, looks, he, looked, he, looked, he did look good in the clips. But like I said, I can't confess to have seen him play. Talking about what you were mentioning, Femi, about all those players that left. After we did the double, uh, after we did the Invincible, from the 1st of June to the 31st of August, which is that the transfer window... 22 players left Arsenal and then before and then for the rest of the season another six players left Arsenal like um, in the original that window from June to August Wiltor, Jeffers, Shields, Van Bronckhorst, OG, Carnu, Tavalades, Holloway, Bailey, Parler, Keown, Probert, Stepanovs, Shaban, um, Nakamura, Car, another Carnu, um, Oh, actually, he got hurt. He had to retire. McDonald, Small, um, Suleiman, um, Liam Chilvers, and and a couple of others. So, I mean, that is what, 16 years ago. So it has happened. But, yeah, I, I, I cannot see all the players that we want to go going because we can't afford to pay them off. They'll stay there because they're not going to get that kind of money. Like when Ramsey went to went to Juventus, he got, he got what's he on, £400,000 a week because he went on a free transfer. None of these players, if we let them go, are going to get anywhere near the kind of money that we're paying them. And we're, it's a catch-22. We, we can't afford to pay them to go and they're not going to go under their, under their own steam, are they? Well, we then, do. but then... Well, but if there were younger players like like a Ramsey, then they can command a higher salary when they leave. But when you're the wrong side of thirty, you're not going to command a higher salary. So 
I kind of see why why they would stick around for a year <laughs> or demand that their the rest of their contract be paid off because if then this is probably this is probably their last big contract. Their next contract is not because they are players that are going downhill rapidly. So they're not a thirty year old that's in demand like an like an Aubameyang. They're rapidly declining thirty year olds. All right, let's uh, let's cheer ourselves up a little bit, Dan. FA Cup final. What sort of formation would you go for? Uh, we'll start on formations first. Yeah, what, what sort? Because there's been quite a lot of people putting out their formations, and I think that. Uh, well, tell us what you think. Yeah, I, I'd be going back to a three at the back. That's for sure. After uh, seeing our four at the back against Watford, but my fullbacks would be different to what I think it's going to be. I think he's going to go with the same against Man City. I think Bellerin, now that he's been classed as fit, will play at right back and left back will be Maitland Niles. I wouldn't have that. And the reason I say that is because I believe Saka and Ainsley Maitland-Niles at right and left would be perfect because they give us athleticism, they give us pace, they give us power, and they go on the outside. That's why Pepe never, ever believes, I believe, that he can't work with Bellerin because Bellerin always wants to cut on on his um, kind of inside uh, like Pepe does. So Pepe needs someone to go on the outside of him. Maitland-Niles can be that guy. Saka has been kind of frozen out the last few games, and I'm not quite sure why but I believe that he should be playing in that position. Then the three at the back that I would go with, obviously Martinez would be in goal. I'd have Holding, Luiz and Tierney as the back three. And then what I'd do is I'd have Danny Ceballos and Granit Xhaka, but I'd have Pepe in the hole behind Laka and Oba. So I'd go with a Laka and Oba up front with each other, with Pepe behind as opposed to wings. I'd leave the width to Saka and Maitland-Niles. I don't believe that's going to be the team. I believe it will be Bellerin on the right and Maitland-Niles on the left. And I think what he will do is he will go with uh, Pepe right or Bamiang left and Lacazette through the centre. That's what I think will happen. But I would go with that formation because I think that we would have more chance of keeping Pulisic and Willian quiet with Maitland-Niles and Saka. You look at what Maitland-Niles has done. He's kept Adama Traore quiet, Wilfred Zaha in his pocket, Martial, now Mares. You're looking at, this now thinking somebody needs to be keeping those wingers quiet. And the reason I say that is because against Man City, we gave them the wings. We said, go for the wings, cross it if you like, because Aguero and Jesus and Silva and Sterling, they're tiny. We cannot afford to give the wings to Chelsea because they've got a big French striker that we know very well who will play up top in Giroud. And we know that Giroud will definitely score against us because it seems that that's what he wants to seem to be able or to always do in terms of the Europa League final one. That still haunts me. I want revenge because of that game. But that's how I'd line up um, and we definitely cannot go four at the back. We can't do it. Femi, do you agree with that? Because uh, Yeah, think, I, I, I mean, there's sure not much. There's, oh, there's not much I can add to that, to be honest. The, the only thing is that I'll add is we cannot... Um, fortunately defend as deep as we did against Liverpool and against City because like um, Dan just said they've got a big French as some of our fans used to call him lamppost but <laughs> when you defend deep you're going to have a problem because they're going to swing balls in and he is so dangerous in the box his movement is hard to control when he goes to that I mean how many of those near post goals does he score and you just it, it's like a uh, Robin with the with the cutting in isn't it you think he can't he, how, how often can a defender not know that he's going to run to the near post but he always does and obviously he's good with his head and we do not want to get him isolated one-on-one with David Luiz I would be very worried about that um I would I'm worried about 
about Holden personally. Um, his performance on Sunday just just scared the hell out of me. But he's a big game player, I guess. Um, FA Cup final last time, he was he was up for it, you know. Um, so hopefully Holden can put in a performance, and our midfield has got to be very 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 strong um, because. For some reason that Mason Mount is in. I don't actually know what he's good at, but he's he just seems to be doing something at the moment. He seems to be scoring all the time, so we have to be wary of of him. And um, and we have to. I think Lacazette dropping deep will be a good ploy for us uh, against uh, Jorginho. Is it Jorginho? That will probably keep him a little bit occupied if we if we because he did a good job on. Um, who was Man City's holding? It was uh, the German guy. Gunnigan um, was absolutely nullified by by uh, Lacazette dropping deep. So if we can get something like that going, I think that will definitely um, affect their gameplay as well because they love to build up from him. Yeah, uh, I agree with that. Um, Dan, I was listening to Amy Lawrence's podcast, and I wish she was the only decent person on that podcast. Horrendous <laughs> podcast. And she she made a good point that you're looking in the Premier League, goals conceded. Chelsea have conceded 54. We've only conceded 48. But then I was thinking, you take that on a step, that's home and away. If you go away only, because Wembley is away, Chelsea have conceded 38. We've only conceded 24. Do you think that's the kind of thing that we can build on? Because, I mean, there again, we've only scored 20 goals away from home. <laughs> so, uh, well, but, go on. I, I, I actually believe, as much as our defence isn't grand, neither is theirs. They've got a goalkeeper who they don't know what to do with. He was £75 million and he can't catch a cold. They're going to have Willie Caballero in goal, I believe, uh, who isn't a great goalkeeper and will definitely make mistakes under pressure. They've got Rudiger, who Chelsea fans that I speak to absolutely can't stand. They think he's a donkey. They absolutely just think he's hopeless. They've got uh, then a choice of either Christensen, who can be inconsistent, Tomori, who's still a young lad. They've got Cesar Spilicueta, who is a decent uh, kind of veteran for Chelsea now, to be fair. He's been a great servant. Um but isn't really a natural centre half at a three in the back. Reese James is a decent fullback, and but Marcus Alonso slow is so slow, it's unbelievable. So we can get at them. We can get at this team with Aubameyang, with Pepe. That's why I'd like to see Pepe in the middle because I think he can terrorise that defence. I prefer him. I'd like to see him come centre. I don't like Pepe on the right personally. Uh, and Lacazette, obviously, Femi's just spoken about. So I look at it and think. You know what Bulgarian Gunas just said, Rudiger is their best defender, exactly, and he's poor. So you look at it and think, we can definitely get at this team. There's going to be goals in this game, guys, and we'll, I, I don't know if you want to do predictions at the end, but I predict there's going to be a lot of goals in this game. I do. I think I, I fancy us to nick it 3 2. I don't know if that's going to be an extra time. I don't know if that's going to be in 90 minutes. I fancy us to nick it 3 2 because I think we're going to concede, but I think so are they because we can get at this defense. Danny, you've just brought up the stats, they concede goals. Yeah, Femi, I'm going 4-3. It's going to be, I reckon it's going to be 2-1 in the dying seconds. Then one team's going to make it 2-2 extra time. It's going to go 4-3 because their goalkeepers are both shocking. Neither of us can really defend. Most of it is going to come from our attackers. And does it give you any hope? Well, give me your prediction. And then after that, does it give you any hope, the fact that in the olden days, it used to be Arsenal failed against the top six, 
and we used to beat the mid-table, lower league, lower table teams. Now we've shown this season Arteta's beaten Man United, he's beaten Chelsea, beaten Man City, and he's beaten Liverpool. So it seems to be he's up for the. Um, he can get the tactics for the for the big games. And Chelsea are one of the big teams. So does that give you hope that maybe we might be able to do it? And yeah, I mean, add add Wolves Wolves away. Mm, we did them. Yeah. Sheffield United away. I mean, not many teams win there. Those are those are good results. And one one thing I'll say about that is if you looked at Man United at the beginning of the season, they were getting those results, as in beating the big teams, doing well against the big boys, and then struggling against teams they couldn't break down. And one player that they bought changed the whole dynamic of their whole team. They signed Bruno and then they were they were steamrolling the smaller teams albeit with penalties every week, but they'll steamroll in the smaller teams just from one player. So I think we should be heartened that you don't need loads of players to change the whole dynamic of your team. In terms of results, I think it will go extra time. I think it will be 1-1. Um, I think we will score, set, we will equalise a goal and we'll have our tails up for extra time. So, yeah, I, I think it will. It, we, we'll, we'll do we'll, <laughs> I want to say we'll do it, but I don't want to jinx. <laughs> I'm so scared. I don't, I don't think I don't believe in jinxing. I remember many years ago we um, we did a, a podcast maybe five years ago, and we were talking about superstitions and lucky scarves and lucky socks. I went, and how's that working out for you lot? Then <laughs> bullshit. There's no such thing as luck. There's no such thing uh, as jinxing it. It's just shitty defending. <laughs> I think that's what it's all going to come down to. So I, you I think with a, to with a week to prepare, we should be we should be a lot more focus with a week to prepare not messing around like we were against Watford and Villa so that should be helpful so where are you going to watch it Femi and who with oh, definitely, definitely watching it at home um, at home I've uh, got the I'm going to have a few friends around um, I've got uh, the biggest TV of us all so <laughs> everyone's coming around to, to mine to watch uh, it's a shame the fans are not going to be there you know it's massive massive I've i I mean, I went to, I got, funny enough, the ballots, I seem to always get a ticket in the ballot. I don't know how that works out, but <laughs> in our role where we sit, we have a, a group in the role and a lot of p- people never seem to get tickets in the ballot, but for some reason I always seem to get tickets. So I'm, I went to the whole final, not whole, the, yeah, whole city final. I missed the Villa final and I went to the Chelsea final, the last Chelsea final. So it would have been good to have fans there, but you know, let's let's just make sure that we we can do something. Arsenal, come on! Who are you watching it with, Dan? And where are you going to watch it? I wish I could go. I went to Chelsea. I went to Villa. I missed Hull City, uh, which was probably one of the better ones, actually. Now nah, Chelsea was actually, it but was. yeah. <laughs> uh, so um, yeah, it was a hell of a game. Uh, I'm going to be watching it with my dad. Every time I go to football, I go with my dad. Uh, but I'm going to be around his house with the family because all my family are Gooners. So we will be probably putting a barbecue on, watching the British Grand Prix qualifying. Hopefully Lewis gets on pole and then Arsenal win and we lift the cup. That's what I hope. So that's where I'm going to be watching it. But um, I, I, I just, I don't want to say we're going to lose this game because we just can't lose it. We just can't lose this game. This season has been atrocious. This would just be the kind of, 
like soften the blow, so to speak. Um, the FA Cup's great. And I don't care about Europe. Everyone does. I don't care about that. I'm not winning it so we get into Europe. I'm winning it because it's the FA Cup. And people annoy me when they say, oh, it's good. It's our chance to get into Europe. No, it's our chance to win the FA Cup. That the trophy is ours and it'll be number 14 and it'll be great. I'd love it. Mm, I don't want to. I hate playing in the in the Europa League. Absolute load of nonsense. They should just take us straight out of the group stages. Once you get past that, it's okay. But I'm probably going to be um, sat six foot in front of my TV and on my own, perfectly quiet, no one else in the house. And yeah, expecting us to uh, have, a, have a good game, have a good win. Um, the big question is, were you watching it BBC or, or BT Sport with their, oh, BBC, with their commentary? No, BBC, man. BBC, 100%. <laughs> yeah. I can't deal with Steve McManaman, man, and all <laughs> the others. Jesus. Yeah, where are you? which one are you going to pick, Fem? No, I'll definitely choose, but yeah, no, yeah, yeah, B- BBC because um, yeah, <laughs> watch it properly. <laughs> Plus, I, Let's do I, it like that. <laughs> I don't have Sky or any of that lot. I have to use the wonderful IPTV, which is a wonderful. You'll use that as well, didn't you, Fem? Yeah, thanks, Danny. <laughs> you my bloke. He sorted you right yeah. out. <laughs> definitely sorted me out. Yeah. I think people agree in um, BBC, yeah, because I forgot it's on the BBC, so I'll watch it on the big telly and make the most of it, and uh, enjoy beating them. And th- Am I right in thinking, Dan, that, that Chelsea have two ways of playing? The one they played against Man United, it was long balls down to Giroud, bing, bang, bong. And then they also have another version that they play, like when Josh was saying in the chat, he was saying when they have Pulisic out wide and they, they don't go direct football. Do they do that, or did I imagine it? No, you're absolutely right. I think it's changed over this season purely because of their striker. I think Tammy Abraham... Uh, and Giroud, they've both been kind of swapping. It was all about Tammy Abraham to start with and they started to play a lot more in terms of their midfield. Uh, for me now, you're seeing the wide men play a lot better with the uh, with the likes of Willie Adam Pulisic whacking that ball into Giroud. So, yeah, you're right. It's going to be hard. Look, we played them in the Emirates and I thought we were the better side. We run out of gas in the last 10 minutes and they unfortunately, uh, from a, a mistake from Leno and then a winner, but when we went to the Stanford Bridge game, we managed to pull off a great result with 10 men. Um, and I hope that we turn up like we did in that game. And listen, more importantly, I hope that we turn up like we did against Man City because it's a cup game and anything can happen. If we turn up like we did there, our fancy is to nick it. Good. Right. Um, we've almost run out of things to talk about. Luckily, you freeloading scumbags have sent us some decent questions for once. Well done. Give yourselves a... Um Back of sweeties. Start with you, Fem. This is from John at John Gunner eighty seven. Hi guys, what has been your favourite podcast this season? Always love it when Danny's on. I was almost going to read that bit out because I don't want to strike my own ego. As, uh, I've got the blinds open and people come by and stare at me. But yeah, what's uh, what's your favourite podcasts? Uh, ABW podcast or in general? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is such think, a general question. I think he just means other actual podcasts, not which which edition oh, of ours. Um, I mean, as I mean, I listen to all of them. To be fair, I listen to. Um, there's been so many Arsenal ones this season. Uh, Yellow uh, Yellow Boots came back. Uh, the the Tuesday Club came back. The the athletic ones. Um, I think Michael Cox did some tactics ones that were really good on the athletic um, when Arteta first started. Um, 
yeah the, i mean i'm a i'm a music fan so i listen to music podcasts but um yeah it's been a it's been a weird for, funny enough isn't it it's quite weird because when um when arsenal lose it's it's podcasts are usually the first things that you run to isn't it to see if everyone's as angry as you are so you know we've we've seen a few of the ask cast extras that <laughs> they've they've put in a performance on there haven't they but yeah, it's been an interesting season of podcasts, I would say. Dan, what ones have you been listening to that you've enjoyed or dis or not enjoyed? <laughs> uh, to be fair, I listen. Obviously, I feature on same old Arsenal, and I feature sometimes on Guns and Yellow Ribbons, and I really enjoy Guns and Yellow Ribbons. I think it's a great, great podcast, very underrated. Uh, but I do enjoy Arsenal Vision. I'm not going to lie. I do enjoy Arsenal Vision. I really like yeah, Clive on yeah. Arsenal Vision. I think Clive is... is The stuff Clive says, I sit there and I think, wow, yes, I didn't even think of that. Do you know what I mean? So I have to be, I have to big up Clive on, on Arsenal Vision. Um, and of course yourselves. So there we go. <laughs> <laughs> I've already yeah, said the I, one. I should have mentioned... Go on. Yeah, I should have mentioned Arsenal Vision. I, I picked up Arsenal Vision this season, actually. I'd never listened to it before this season. So, yeah, that, that is a good shout, Dan. You, you do have to listen to it on um, 75% speed rather than 100% speed because then uh, you can understand what Elliot is saying. He's almost commentating on, um, you know, the, the, the horse racing or someone doing an auction. <laughs> <laughs> I think, whoa, whoa, calm down. People are saying here, oh, yeah, that might hurt. Some of the Joe Gogan ones are the greatest, depends on the guest. Um, oh, here we go. Archie knows it. Clive's smooth voice is top, top. There he is. Clive is absolutely brilliant. Uh, Brentford are 3 0 up, thankfully. Uh, and Josh, if it depends on how high Joe Rogan is, yeah, you can see sometimes when he's got Duncan Trussell in there and a few others, and he just gets so mashed. Oh, here we go. Mast Gunner, hybrid squad. That's with Sophie, Amanda, and Casey. I don't like calling him Casey, I think I should call him Mr. Campbell because, uh, I'm still not over the fact that George Graham got rid of Kevin Campbell and brought in John Bloody Hartson, who is shit. Oh, poor old Kevin. He could have stayed. Is that he because he's Welsh, Danny? Is that because he's Welsh? Mm, of course he is. I keep thinking he's Scottish because he played for Celtic <laughs> for so long. No, it's nothing to do with that. I just, just uh, Ginger, any. <laughs> uh, I, I listen to so many. You all see me in the chat room for, for all the other podcasts. But today, I listen to the Tuesday Club, and I've come to the conclusion that Alan Davis is the only one there who knows what Tyo knows what he's talking about, and one of the other posh boys does. But Stone is an idiot, and El Presidente is a moron. I remember a couple of weeks ago, um, uh, Davis asked them and said, uh, what would be your starting 11? And neither of them could come up with starting 11. They had no idea about who was injured. And I thought, oh, for God's sake, you just shut up. And then I listened to um, the the athletic propaganda, um, the, the the worst main Arsenal podcast, Handbrake Off. Um, James, don't like him, bores me. Uh, Stoney was on there again, bores me. Amanda, uh, Amanda, uh, Amy, I knew it begin with an A. She was brilliant. And then I listened to the um, Ornstein one, another load of shit. Uh, athletic propaganda I don't like it no humour it's like they are reading out something from someone's funeral 
Well, uh, oh, for God's sake, I, I like ones like uh, you and and the judge and Craig and um, having Harry on there. I like it when there's a group of people that you can actually see a genuine mates that WhatsApp each other all day, every day, and then you you, you can get and, and see the friendship that's going on there. I don't like it when it's people and it's just cold and it's pointless. I'd I'd rather listen to Mike and Andy having no idea what they're talking about soccer wise and because it's because they're both a pair of idiots i'd rather listen to that than um some pretentious podcast but uh anyway that's just me oh here we go josh says tifo now tifo is really really good tifo have got two podcasts on youtube they've got the short six minute ones and they've got the longer podcast ones that is really really good and i love ac jimbo as well but that's another athletic propaganda one i mean how can you have four adverts in the space of half an hour Ridiculous. Unless they're unless they're um, flocking you beard oil made in Ireland, I'm not interested. Hey. Eh, <laughs> <laughs> ah, good, oh, good. It's yeah, all good. Like um, right, another question. Uh, Kyle at Destructible Cake because Twitter isn't long enough. It's destructible. No e in there. Yeah, Twitter. Sort your shit out. Make the acts longer. Um, that's why we haven't got. Burkamp, one, Dan. Too many letters. He says, uh, starting with you, Dan, um, you're Mikel with a budget of tuppence. Um, for people outside the UK, that means bugger all. Oh, he's for, uh, of a tuppence, a penny farthing, and a packet of port scratchings. That's old UK currency before we had decimalisation in 1971-72. Name one player from each of the relegated teams that you would buy to strengthen us. Um, he says, Ake, Saar, and Boo Endia for me. I don't know who. I know Wendaya. who. Wendaya, yeah. Who's he play for? What? Norwich. Norwich. No. Oh, so he's gone. Nathan Ake from Bournemouth, centre back. I do know. Is it Ismail Saar from Watford, central midfield, yeah. defensive midfield? And the other one, what position is he? Uh, he Wendaya is a kind of creative midfielder. Oh, so Kyle. Very good. Kyle knows what he's on about. Which ones would you pick, um, Dan, than them you ever think? Do you know what? He's had a, he's, that's a really good shout there. But I would say. I would go with Todd Cantwell from uh, Norwich. I would go with Nathan Ake from Bournemouth because I'm not too sure on some of their other players. I don't think that we need strikers. And then from Watford, I've got to go Decore. I can't go Saar. I like Saar, but I've got to go Decore. So it has to be Decore, Cantwell and Ake for me. They're the three I'd go with. And um, what sort? Do you think any of those are, are doable, or do you think? We're I think all get... three of them are. I think all three of them are doable. I think Nathan Ake looks like he's probably going to go to um, what you call it, uh, Chelsea, back to Chelsea or Man City. Apparently, they're both interested in Nathan Ake, so I think that we may be outbid there. But certainly, Todd Campwell and Decore, hundred percent. Um, Sarah and Buendia, yeah, both more attacking players, uh, but for me. We definitely need a creative midfielder. I like Todd Cantwell. I think Cantwell's got a hell of a hell of a uh, future ahead of him. So yeah, I agree with uh, Worldwide Guna there. Takure Ake and Cantwell. Him? I would do uh, Max Aaron's. Um, I do like David Brooks. I'll definitely, definitely do Jack Grealish. I don't. Oh, you know, he didn't get relegated in the end. Yeah, Arsenal <laughs> saved them from relegation by giving them three yeah, points Arsenal and then, and then beating all. Watford. Oh, there you go. Yeah, Max Aaron's. I heard that um, Bayern are looking at him. He's a good player. I'll definitely take David Brooks. I'm seeing that from Bulgarian Guna in the chat. Um, and I do like Ben Deer because 
I saw that when when they were showing the list of those um, chance creators from midfield, he was actually in the top five of chance creators, and he plays for Norwich, which is absolutely phenomenal to be honest with you. I think uh, Ben Godfrey as well. Uh, Andy from from Dial Square has put Ben Godfrey. I I like Ben Godfrey. I think he's going to be a good centre half. I know Andrew was talking about him a long time ago with me. Max Aaron's is a great shout for him. I think he is going to be a top, top fullback. And I actually yeah. like Jamal Lewis as well, the left back they've got from Norwich. But yeah, Max Aarons is going to be a top talent. I really believe that. And I'm not a huge fan of Bellerin this season. So right back could be a position that we strengthen. Um, yeah. It's just going to be a matter of how much he'd be. It's crazy though, isn't it? That you can see these teams that concede loads of goals. But if you plot them out of that, system that team and plot them into a decent team look at Andy Robertson for example at Hull City relegated you I think that's where we need to be looking we shouldn't be taking the you know castaways from Barcelona and Real Madrid stop taking players that are washed up at those clubs and start looking at players that have upside 22 23 years old even if they've been in a relegation or mid-table scrap you know they're still young enough you've seen the talent that they have and plop them into your team and see that your team will improve I think I'm going to agree with you and go Max Aarons because he's uh, he can defend he's brilliant and he cost me a bloody quiz because I didn't get a chance to say his name and I lost um, <laughs> Nathan Ake because he is he's quality and we do need a centre-back um, I think Ake may even be I wrote down all the players and what position they are um Okay, he's left-footed. He's 25. He's in. Someone let him know. And <laughs> the other one I'd go for, I, mean, I don't know anyone from Watford. I'd really don't really like, I despise Watford, mainly because of their, a couple of their players and their owner who doesn't do football right. And now they're paying the price of sacking a manager every five minutes. So I don't really want anybody from Watford. But yeah, I think uh, yeah, there's some decent players there. Good question. Right. Um, oh, I've scrolled all the way up to the top now like a tool. Next question is from Guna Hog at Guna Hog H-A-W-G. Start with you, Femi. As an American, as American, do I celebrate Pulisic if Pulisic scores? He's a national hope. If he does well, he gets infinitely more coverage over here, which is great to help get past just being the fifth biggest sport in the USA. We don't get many good national players here. What do I do? There's a predicament for you. What should he do? No, 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 no. How about this? How about this? Let's go 4-0 up like they did against us last year and then let Pulisic score a screamer like a Wolby did last year then you can shout at that screamer and that can be replayed all over American news channels, CNN, CBS, whatever, you, Fox Sport. That can be replayed. They can pretend like Chelsea he did an amazing thing, but we still won 4-1. How about that? Then we have our revenge. That's a good solution, go. isn't it? Have you, have you got a solution, Dan? Because <laughs> that, that does sound yeah, quite my... um, Hollywood-esque. You're probably quite like that. My solution isn't that kind. My solution is you cheer when he plays for the USA. You don't cheer when Arsenal can see the goal. That's the way I see it. <laughs> so, uh, what, what team do you? What national team do you support, Dan? Um, I'm support England, mate, all the way. It's very hard, though, mate, because of the amount of Tottenham players of late getting into that side. But the good thing about it is they're dropping like flies. Eric Dyer, bye. Deli Ali, bye. 
even Harry Kane over the next coming seasons, he's only got a couple of years before some of these lads take him over. You know, I look at the Jaden Sancho's, the Marcus Rashford's, the Mason Greenwood's, and I'm starting to think even Saka, if he chooses England over Nigeria, Harry Kane might get dropped. Let's hope. So, yeah, yeah. there's some in, in AB. I'm English, born in England, 100% English. I don't support England. I haven't given a shit about them since uh, probably 98. So I like to see Sweden and Germany do well. I was, I was on um, uh, Miami John's pod and he's German, um, likes Germany. Chris likes France. Um, Josh, our very own beloved Josh, he likes whoever's the trend is. Femi, which one do you, which team do you, you, do you follow? I hate international football. Not even <laughs> oh, yeah. That's my answer. I hate international football. <laughs> I do hate it. But um, if, if I, I do, I mean, I like new. Oh, you're breaking up, Fem. Yeah. Say it again. Yeah, unfortunately, too many Tottenham players, but. We'll see. <laughs> so if you had to pick an international team, which one would you pick? Or do you just like me? I like Germany because they play good football. I like Sweden because Swedish ladies are lovely. I used to like, like a yellow pit. <laughs> I used to like Holland, but we'll see what happens to them, I guess. Uh, they've got a good, good young team now, haven't they? Uh, the Dutch. They've got they, they've got um, quite a few. They've got that uh, Marlin, Donnell Marlin from Arsenal that used to play for us. So let's see oh, how they yeah, go. Oh, yeah, PSV striker. Yeah, so much like me. I don't watch any of the qualifiers. I'll watch the European Championships and I'll watch the uh, the World Cup. I don't watch any qualifiers. I don't really give a shit about international football. So you're the same with me, Femi. Good. Excellent. Oh, of course, uh, Luca supports Croatia. And uh, Bulgarian Guna says uh, international football. He, uh, he loves international football, but his team is shit. Um, Josh hasn't put in there which um, which one he wants. Oh yes, Femi said he's going to go and connect to better Wi-Fi. Burb, not sure what the burb is. Burb, we'll be right back. Quite soon. Um, oh, here we go. A, a hipster question from our. Oh no, it's not. It's wrong, Josh. It's another Josh. Um, Josh Robinson, eighty-seven for you, Dan. What position do you want? Do you want him to play? I want it. To be, oh my god, I've got him. I haven't edited it properly, have I? I'll move on. I'll go back and get Josh's question. There you go. Matt L. Roberts, who has currently got a piece for Gunners Town. So uh, go and have a look at that. Matt's a writer there. He says, forget the rumours going around about transfers. Would you be willing to let listeners come on a show like Nick? Okay, that's uh, that wasn't a question. <laughs> See, I just cut and paste these, and sometimes I don't even cut and paste it probably. <laughs> Early and try, uh, yeah, yeah, actually, Matt, we do. I do plan in the summer to let people come on, um, listeners come on and uh, join in with the show and see if they can do a better job than most of us, which won't be that hard. Oh, here we go. A proper one from Luca, who's in the chat box now for you, Dan. How much money do you see us spending this summer? And he puts in capital letters, I mean, spend, not net spend. <laughs> Yeah, that's going to be an interesting one, isn't it? A lot of people say, oh, we spent loads of money, and you find out we spent 25 million net spend. Uh, I think, realistically, we're going to spend around 60 to 70 million. I don't think it's going to be much more than that, uh, personally. Um, And I think the only way we're going to get majority of that money is by selling. And I think that it's going to be hard to sell, but to get that 70 60s whatever it is uh, million but for me i think 25 ish on gabriel magales is realistic i think the 45 on party is realistic and i think we need a creative midfielder and whether that's 
Jack Greenish or Todd Campwell or somebody like Zosbaslia or Zosbaslay, whatever his name is from Salzburg, who would only be about 20 million. Uh, I'm not sure, but I reckon it would be roughly about 60 to 70. But I'm looking at three or four players there. I still think we'll come with a couple of couple of youngsters, a couple of like, kind of players that will cost us a couple of million, like a Guendouzi or a Martinelli. But the main three positions we need to strengthen, in my opinion, because we can't strengthen eight positions that we need to, I think the main ones are centre-half, defensive midfield and creative midfield. Yeah, can't argue with that. Are you back with us, Femi, while I'm furiously looking to find out what the rest of his question was? Oh, Femi's got dodgy internet. Oh, no. Um, so I'm trying to find it. It's from Josh Robinson, 87. I'm scrolling through this to try and find his question. There's Lucas, and there's John, there's Kyle, Guna. Um, no, that's our Josh. Too many Joshes, I can't cope. Um... Oh, it's Bakaya Saka. There you go. I knew I'd get there eventually. Um, can you hear us, Fem? No. Right, I'll give you the question. Um, Bakaya Saka from Josh Robinson, 87. What position do you want him to play? I want him to be part of the midfield three. We need him to cement a role. What do you think, Dan? This is a great question because our left-hand side is looking strong when you've got Tierney and you've got Saka and you've got um, Aubameyang and you've got Martinelli. I think Saka is a left winger. He has to be playing on that left wing because his assist and crossing is just phenomenal. I think the only kind of thing I can give him compliment-wise for his assists is Trent Alexander-Arnold got uh, more than him. I think he got 12 or something like that when he had 11. And Saka's already had played. Trent was all season. So for me, Saka's a left midfielder. He can play at a left wing back. They're talking about free midfield and maybe a left centre-back. I don't really see him as a left centre-midfielder. If we were to play a number 10, he could play there, but I don't like the number 10 position. I think it's dead in football. So for me, it's a left winger uh, for Bakayu Saka. And I absolutely love the guy. I think he's going to be a special talent at Arsenal. And he signed the contract, so he is staying and no one's yeah. stealing him. Thank um, God for that. Going back to the last topic, uh, Josh apparently sports Ingerland. Never heard of them. Phil Macker. <laughs> Who's, he's currently in Norwich, uh, growing up in 70s Glasgow. It's Brazil. Otherwise, I've got my head kicked in. <laughs> uh, Winston says he's never supported England. It's, uh, oh. Can you hear us, Ben? Yeah. How's that? Hey, there we go. Is uh, people using the Wi Fi there? Terrible. <laughs> Um, oh, and Super Califalafalafalafalam says he's been uh, a Dutch supporter since uh, the Bergkamp days. Thunder Road is Ghana and France. Although my mum's Irish, I do not support the Republic of Ireland. Although I could play for them. I could probably still play for them now that that's shit. Um, okay, right. I'm going to go and find a question for you, um, Femi. Uh, yeah, Luca was asking how much money do you think we've got to spend this summer? And he means spend, not net spend. Uh, I wouldn't think we had a lot of money to spend. I mean, just judging by people like myself who took their season ticket refunds back, <laughs> that's a lot of money that the club would have lost. On top of the, I think they had lost two matches of cop credit already. And then you add that to all the season ticket refunds. There's no money for tours this summer. You know, we've got to really be realistic, but... I'd think at most 
fifty million at most. If you're if you're talking without net spend, I think at most fifty million is what we've probably got. Yeah. Which is probably why Arteta is so insistent that it changes with the Europa League because you could lose about twenty odd million just by not qualifying for the Europa League. Yeah, Archie says he thinks we've got fifty million at most. Um, Hipster Josh says if Gwenduzi is uh, thirty million plus twenty five cash, that's more than the fifty million release clause. I don't think that's got anything to do with what we're talking, Josh. Behave yourself. Uh, another question for you, Fem, as you're, uh, we got you back for Noir Confidential. Uh, he said he asked this question last week. He forgot to answer. He ran out of time. He says Martinez has done well since he replaced Leno. Would you sell? Um, would you sell him if a good offer came in, or would you prefer to keep him? Who would you pick if you could only have one of Leno or Martinez? Oh man, it's such a hard question. I would preferably keep both of them, but. In the hypothetical situation that you got a massive bid, I would sell Leno for anything forty million and above. Martinez, anything twenty-five million and above. But I wouldn't sell either of them to an English club. Uh, that's definitely not the situation. I mean, they've both got over over two years on their contract, so we don't need to worry about that. Um, I would ideally keep both of them for one season and see let them battle it out and see who's the better of the two of them and then at the end of next season get rid of one i mean if if we qualify for europe you know you've got one that can play european and cup games one that can play league games it's it's i think that's the way to go to be honest luca is I know saying there's, there's, yeah i was just about to say that luca's saying why leave money on the bench but you don't have enough good players as it is, you know. You don't want to be getting rid of 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 players that are actually decent because if you do sell a keeper, it's not like you're not going to have to pay money to replace them anyway. So what's what's the point of that? It's guaranteed if we do sell one of them, the other one will get injured. Dan, which one would you sell or would you not sell? I wouldn't sell either of them. This is the first time we've had two goalkeepers that have been great since Seaman and Meninga. So... <laughs> That's in 1998. I'm going to say that we keep both of them. If we had to sell, I think the question was if you had to sell one, I would sell Martinez. Uh, I think that Leeds are sniffing around him and some of the other teams. I think we could get a lot of money, to be fair. Um, so I would say Leno to keep. He's been consistent, like Dave says there. Leno's in our team all day long. He's not done it for two seasons, not just 10 games. Spot on, you know. Martinez is doing brilliantly. You can't take it away from him. And I don't know what to be negative about this. You know, I've had a lot of fans go, oh, I don't know what Arteta's going to do now. Good. We want that in every single position. That's why we want to be, that's where we want to be. You know what I mean? I want to be saying, Aubameyang, does he get in or does someone else? That's what you want in every single position. So this is a great thing for Arteta. And it wouldn't surprise me, you know, if Martinez stays and he's a number one next season and Leno, they fight it out and, and Leno you know, fights for his place back. Wouldn't surprise me at all because he's done nothing to deserve to get dropped. It's unfair on Leno because neither has he. He got injured. It wasn't the fact that he's been dropped because he was poor form. He got injured. But if I had to sell one, it would be Martinez. But I don't want to sell either. I'm with him, 100%. Um, if well, they do go, um, which I hope they don't because we do need both. Um, we've barely had one decent keeper for so long. Now we've got two. But we've got um, Carl Hines. Carl Jakob Hines. He is... Uh, 
Where's he from? See if I put my thing over. I don't know. It's a black, blue, black and white flag. He's only 18. He's a decent player. And then we've got um, Arthur Okwankwo. I think I might have actually got that right. If I, if I apologise, he's only 18. He's been out for a year, but he came into the under 23s last. He's only 18 at the end of last season and was absolutely brilliant. Matt Macy's probably going to leave soon. Bless him. He's 25. He's not really done much. And then we've got James Hilson, another really good young goalkeeper. It seems we've got decent players coming through at every position apart from centre back. And I know we've got Ballard <laughs> and, and Medley, but what are you laughing at? What have I missed? I'm, I was looking at stuff. Apart from centre back, <laughs> yeah. well, those two are going to get their time. We've got the young um, bloke on loan in Ireland. I think he's on loan at Shamrock Rovers. That loan is because they play a year league rather than a <laughs> over the space of two years, and his loan has been extended for the rest of uh, their season. Ah, oh, Josh says Estonia. Yes, I do quite know my flags, but Estonia have only just been invented, so that's why I didn't know their flag. <laughs> um, they had a good goalkeeper over the years. He actually played for Arsenal. Do you remember who it was? Say that again? Yeah, Estonia. Mark Poom. Yeah, Mark Poom. Remember him? He was <laughs> yeah. Estonian. I got that on a quiz this week. I was on um, um, Ryan's thing, and I got it. Mark Poom. I got it two go. points. I think I got three points for that. It's lovely, jubbly. Uh, Winston says, I would not let Leeds have him. I think the last time Leeds got promoted, didn't they take John Lukic off us all the time they got promoted before that? Because he went... Um, and Jermaine... Jermaine Pennant on loan. They've had a few from us, haven't they, over the right, years? Yeah. Lee Chapman have had loads of links backwards and forwards to those. Um, right. Uh, how long have we been going? An hour and 14 times flown by. Second question from Noir Confidential. Um, start off with you on this one, Dan. If this is nothing, Noir, you are so good. You, you should be on here rather than me because your questions are magnificent. Is Thierry Henry's record of 20 assists in a single Premier League season underappreciated since only now has someone been able to match it? Plus, in Europe's top five leagues, only Thierry Henry and Lionel Messi have managed to score both 20 goals and 20 assists during the same season. What a question. It's a great question and it's an outstanding achievement and one that I think everybody now realised how good it was because it's been done. And I must say, listen, I love Thierry Henry. Absolutely love Thierry Henry. But if there is one footballer in the Premier League to equal it, then I'm glad it's Kevin De Bruyne because I just think the guy is an outstanding, exceptional talent. He's the closest thing to world class um, at the moment in his position. I think he's right up there. I think he's the best player in the Premier League. The goal against Newcastle this season should have been goal of the season. For me, it was outstanding. The volley that uh, underneath the bar, I thought it was quality. And I just love the guy. I just think everything about him is sensational. He just sees a pass before anybody else on the football pitch, but more importantly, anybody else watching at home. You sometimes look and think, well, how did he see that? I didn't even see that. I just think the guy is sensational. So it was a really, really great achievement from him this season but for me Thierry Henry for the amount of goals he scored the amount that he assisted as well people never really give him credit for if he scored the 228 goals for Arsenal I'm sure about 150 of them were assists as well because he was fantastic um great great player and a great achievement so yeah great question from uh, from the guy as well fantastic question it is really really good uh, Fem do you, I take it you agree but I'm, I'm sure you've got something to add to it I do no, yeah, I was just going to say, the season that Henri broke that record, he also scored 24 goals. Imagine that. So 24 goals, 20 assists. Ridiculous. And here, 
his stats are saying in his time with Arsenal, he got 74 assists yeah. and 175 goals. So take there that you as you will. <laughs> That's not bad. Oh, I, was listening to, I was listening to Amy Lawrence today and she was talking about Ozil and all the things he's assisted. And uh, she said, yeah, but he was assisting Theo Walcott and Olivier Giroud, who uh, the, six, the 16 game run, that uh, Giroud should have tattooed on his ass 16 games or 17 without a goal when we should have won the league so yes yeah, very very rarely I say anything nice about Ozil but um we, we haven't even covered Ozil we're not going to I'm not going to we're not going to go down that route if you want to hear a decent debate about Ozil go listen to last week's show or go and listen to um uh I think the radio show on Sunday Yes, there's that also, and I'm thinking John's one. I can remember, is it Miami 305 Guna? I should know. I was on there. Really good. And then we had a good chat about it last week, and like Femi was saying, the um, the our live show from the Watford game, they all had a chat about it there. Um, right, final question. I think he was in the chat earlier. Mike Hertz, AFC Circa 86. Start with you, Femi, on this one. Should the club loan Gwendozi out? or to give Arteta some time to realise he's wrong and apologise to Gwen Doozy and he's put wink fa- winking face. <laughs> I think he's really cheeky there, Mike. He's still in the yeah, that was... Oh, yeah. Here he is. Mike's there. Oh, yeah. No, 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 no. I think it's this one is take the money and run. Take the money, cut your losses. Uh, he's one of... It's a sad situation, but just... just just get, just get rid. Take it. Don't even do a swap deal. Just take the cash and move on. Let him go and sulk and be someone else's problem. You know, decent player, not a top player in my opinion. He might go on to be a top player, but it's a fifty-fifty with him <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. Okay, I'm just putting uh, Mike's question in the chat box so um, uh, Archie can read it. Uh, Dan, yeah, it's, uh, take it you don't agree that he shouldn't. Man, uh, we need to uh, move this lad on because he doesn't fit the Arteta way. He's fallen out with the boss. The boss says he can't play, so he needs to go. I think we can get some money for Gwendozi, though. You know, I think we can get anything up to 30 million, maybe even a bit more, maybe between 30 and 40 if we really push it. I think he's got bags of potential. With the right hands um, and the right coaching, I think he could be a fantastic player. I think with Gwendozi, in terms of a player sale we should put something in his contract that says that we can get player sale on value for him so i don't know we take 25 percent of his next deal something like that because who's to say he goes to i don't know let's say he goes to uh, uh somewhere in spain and he's then worth 80 to 90 million because he's the the next Vieira or whatever you want to call him i don't know the next fabregas we get 25% of that next sale or we get 50% of the next sale, whatever it is, let's try and put something in that contract when he does go. Cause I think that we could regret that uh, in terms of value. So yep. Move on. Gwendozi, no loans, no swaps, take some money for him. Cause he's one of the only players in this side that I believe we can get half decent money for. So yeah, definitely. sell. <laughs> that's a sad state of affairs. If anyone's got any uh, questions for us, uh, put them in the chat box. Now we're uh, going to wrap it up soon. But yeah, that Gwendozi thing is—he's um, fallen out with his last two two clubs. Um, if you don't apologise to the boss, um, Arteta's put his foot down and gone. You, you, you're not going to be able to. You can you can get fucked. 
I've not heard anyone say that, put a clause in the contract. Personally, I think that's brilliant. Maybe take a little bit less now and make it back when in the future. Um, oh, that's really good. Uh, here we go. Stan the man says, uh, Stan, you're late. Have you got a note? He says, uh, I think Granduzzi will end up like Balotelli, a journeyman who can't settle at the club. I mean, I love Balotelli. I think he's magnificent, not just because he lets off indoor fireworks, in, <laughs> fireworks indoors, but you, you see that bloke, the skill that he's got. I always, I loved playing, having Balotelli when I used to play FIFA back in the olden days, maybe 15, 16, FIFA 15 or 16. Um, oh, hold on. Uh, Andrew has put one in from him. Oh, wow, this is taking I'll talk amongst yourselves while I go and find it, if it's still here. Um, you could have cut and pasted it, Andrew. Made my life a lot easier. <laughs> um, I'll have a look is, as well, see if I can find it. Anyone going anywhere nice for the holidays? <laughs> no, it's, it's gone because it only goes back to uh, one minute past nine. So, Mike, Andrew, if you want us in there again, then um, put it in there and I'll read it out. Uh, oh, here we go. Mike Hurts has put a proper question this time. Uh, start with you, Femi. Would you rather the club spend all the money on one top signing or three mid-range players? Uh, there you go. Schoolboy error on the mute there. Uh, um, I would rather the club sign three <laughs> three players. Um, we are not what what top signing are we getting for the budget that we have? To be honest with you, we need so much surgery in this team that there's no point in blowing. We did the one top signing last summer, didn't we? With with uh, Nicola Pepe, and there's so much surgery that we need that it's you're better off just wholesale getting rid of players and signing three, four players that you actually need rather than blowing all your money on Jack Grealish, for example. No point in that. One of you, Dan from Archie. Um, what do you make on the party bid? Embarrassing or fair? Well, we don't know the true rumours, do we? But from what we're hearing, the deal is it's 50 million euros as a release clause. And we're trying to swap players. And there I saw a rumour today about Lacazette, Torreira and Guendouzi for party. Listen, just <laughs> release the dude's clause, man. Just release the dude's clause. If it's 45 million pounds, then just release it. It's just frustrating for me. And what I, I'll go back to, uh, and it links in with this question as well, from what Fem just said, I believe personally, aim high. And if you can't get those those players in those positions, you get players that fit that style. If you can't get Upamecano, Party, and Grealish, then instead of Upamecano, get Gabriel. Instead of Party, you get somebody like Ibrahim Sangari from Toulouse or Samare from Lille, somebody like that, or Decore from Watford, who is more of a box to box. To be fair, or and if you can't get Grealish, you get Todd Campwell or. Um, Sozaz Bly from uh, Salzburg. You've got to get those kind of players in. It doesn't really bother me how much we spend on these players as long as they're the right fit for the club. So I would rather, say, get three players that fit and suit the style for £10 million than blow £80 million on Jack Grealish. That's much my opinion. Yeah, I like that. That's... Um... That's good. Uh, like we're going to give three. No one gives three players for one. Did you know? Did you see that um, Barcelona have bought a player from Portugal, uh, a young man who's only played a few games, and his release clause is five hundred million euros. <laughs> <laughs> only in only in Spain. That's absolute madness. Here's one for both. You, right. Femi, start with you. Oh, go on. What were you yeah. going to say? Now there was a question on Twitter. I don't know if you did it while I was away, but we can do it after you do this one. 
Because oh, I, yeah. I promised the guy that I would answer it <laughs> on, on Twitter. Oh, that would have been the one from about Saka, wasn't it? Yeah, you've done that already. Yeah, Josh Robinson. Uh, yeah, where where would you want him to play then? Uh, I like him at left back. To be fair, I do like him at left back on that left hand side. Um, yeah. So that's that's the answer that I said I'd give Josh. So yeah, left Good. back for me. Yes. Lovely. Um, right, to so Dan, what uh, name would you have on the back of your shirt this season and what number? Do you know what? I debated this and the only reason I don't do numbers on shirts is because they either leave when I get them or they get injured when I get them. I went through the season. I remember I got Thomas for mine and he got injured for the whole year. Then I got Thomas Riziki. He got injured for two and a half years. Then I got Theo Walcott got injured for most of the years. Uh, I think I got Van Persie one year as well, and he got injured again like he always does. So I don't do it. I got a Bamiang this year on the away shirt, um, just gone, and he didn't get injured, so Touchwood is good. But I've ordered the home shirt, and I've got no number on it. If I had to get one, it would be between two players. Kieran Tierney, because he's oh. turning into one of my favourite players. Yeah, Absolutely yeah. love the guy. Or it would be Saka, because he's that number seven now. That's one of the only reasons that I would have gone for him just because he's just been given the number seven and I think he's going to turn into a great player. But I'd probably go with Tierney, you know, because I just think he's going to turn into one of my favourite players. I just love everything about Kieran Tierney. I think he's going to be fantastic. Yeah, so you see some of the stuff last season from Celtic and then the YouTube stuff. And I was saying right back then, the the boy is something special. His ability to pinpoint those crosses into the middle of the box is this. Oh, I'm not. We can't even get. I'll, I'll have to take a moment to have a have a lay down and with a warm flannel, cold <laughs> flannel. Um, uh, what are you going to have, Fem? If you had to have one, uh, I'm looking at that famous number four Saliba shirt right now. That looks very appetizing, doesn't it? Number four, the famous number four. I mean, yeah, exactly. So let's hope he wears it as as great as (laughs) he was. Well, it can't be any worse than the last number four, can he? He was uh, (laughs) El El Nenny who had it for (laughs) however long he had it, (laughs) but yeah, I mean, Pear had it, but obviously, Patrick Vieira had it, and I've got big hopes for William Saliba to be honest with you. So, yeah, that's that's my shout. I hope you're right. That's a great shout, to be fair. I'll tell you what, Danny, Josh has just put in the chat, can Dan buy a Kalasanat shirt? I'll tell you what, I'll buy a, I'll buy a Kalasanat shirt, but it will be an Ipswich Town one, because hopefully that's where he's going next. It won't be an Arsenal one, that's for sure. Yeah, we'll have a whip down. We'll have a GoFundMe. We'll get, we'll get one of those going. I would have Ginger Josh. Ginger. Hold on, cover my tooth up. Ginger Josh. Shh. 69. There you go. That's what I have on the back of my one. I'll get Josh to sign it. <laughs> what was the question? Oh, no, we did that question, didn't we? You said there was one we had to do. Or was there another one? Yeah, yeah, we did. No, no, that was it. We did it. Uh, I'll tell you what, I've got, I've got one for you, boys. Player, of the, Who's your player of the season? Is it an obvious shot? Bamiang. Oh. Before, before Leno got injured, I would have said Leno. But yeah, yeah. Oba, Oba's carried us. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm with you. <laughs> Yeah, Leno carried this team on his back for the whole of the the Emery days, to be honest with you. If, if we didn't have Leno in goal for that time, I think we forget that sometimes, that we were facing unlimited amount of shots on our I've never seen anything like it before. I think we, we've kind of forgotten about those days that we were just, our goal was being peppered left, right and centre 
and he was having an amazing season. But Oba's Oba's been amazing to be fair. He's yeah. Brilliant. I'm with I'm with you, man. I would have gone Leno before the injury, but Aubameyang is just even in this project restart has proven why he's our best player. So it has to be him. Daddy, we have got from Dial Square uh, Andrew's question now. It's at nine twenty so there you go. You got it. Yeah, you um answer ask it then. I'll let you do that. Why is why is everyone scared of Giroud and worried about Chelsea? We're matching them all over the pitch, and rather than Giroud, we have a Bamiang. Blimey. It's a think? great shot, to be fair. It is a great shot. <laughs> the problem is we have got a Bamiang, right? We have, and he is top draw, don't get me wrong. Giroud is a dangerous player, a different dimensional player, and someone that we will find it very hard to defend against. I believe Aubameyang can tear Chelsea's defence up too. And it's why I agree with Andrew there. It's why I believe it's going to be a 3-2. A, a I think it's going to be goals in this game. So mm. that's why I've gone for 3-2 because I think Giroud will be a handful, but I think Aubameyang will too. So it's a great question to be fair. And uh, sadly, Giroud is uh, a bit of a dinosaur tactics-wise now. There's not many not many teams doing that. We've even seen the evolution of players like uh, Vardy, where he can now do everything, and now he's going to slow down. We've still seen that Vardy is a hell of a player. Those those big lumps, those big number nines, they are. There's not many of them around, is there? Um, I was going to answer a question. Oh. Also, I think a nod for player of the year should go to Lacazette for the, the strong beard game because that's severely lacking in the Arsenal <laughs> at the moment. We need more beards. <laughs> certainly do. Um, Femi, one for you from Bulgarian Guna. Would you swap the Europa League with old school tournaments like the Cup Winners' Cup or a straight knockout UEFA Cup? Fuck yeah. What do I'll you be honest with you. I've got a feeling that we are going to see that next season. What, the, what, the one coming up? They're going to change I think we're going to see up. that next season. Why? I just don't see how we're going to... How are we going to get back and forth European games with the situation that we are in at the moment? Ooh. You know, we, we can hardly put on a Champions League in August. You know, every team is travelling to Portugal to play. So what's... I mean, where's the difference going to be between August and September? And I mean, the Europa League is supposed to start mid September like hmm. how's that going to fit into the calendar with everything you know it's going to be a really condensed season starting in September October and you've got the Euros next summer now as well so everything has to be finished by May so you're going to I think we're going to be shocked at some decisions that UEFA are going to have to make uh, regarding some of their European competitions we could see a lot of earlier knockout rounds or less less group games or, or something like that. You, you might be shocked by that. That's uh, You two have brought some really good points. I love the sell-on clause one, and that's a really good point as well. The pair of you need to stop it and start answering <laughs> questions with the word custard and then flapping your hands in your face and go, but I don't understand! <laughs> uh, Dan, you, much like me, I take it you missed the old knockout days, which were proper European tournaments. I loved them, although we were shit. Apart from the two cup winners, cup runs, we used to the first year back in the Europa League. We got did we get knocked out by Borussia Dortmund? We got done by AOK Salonica. We got it wasn't good for us, but I miss it. Do you? I miss. Listen, I tell you what I do miss is I miss the Champions League, and I know that people say yeah, but you never won it, and you never do. I, I do miss the Champions League big time, and I used to take it for granted. It used to be frustrating when we'd lose to Bayern Munich or lose to Barcelona, but. I just take that again now just to be back in it because I cannot deal with this Thursday night Channel 5 rubbish. It is a ridiculous going to Uzbekistan on a Thursday night and then having to play on a Sunday. That's why I've said it. If we do not win the FA Cup, 
then I'm glad that we didn't finish in European places in the league because I do need a break from it. And I think the players need to breathe from it as well. But of course, I want to win the FA Cup. So I hope we play in it next season because that means we've won the FA Cup. Yes, I agree. I'm just looking at some of the Italian results. I always like and tell people the last few games of the Italian season are always mental. Um, Juventus are losing 2 0. Zlatan's <laughs> got a couple for Milan. Uh, Suassolo have beaten, uh, beaten Gen- uh, Genoa 5 0. We've got that, that young player, Dominic Bernard Berardi. Always really liked him. And what's the other one I was looking at? Oh, Juventus, the, uh, whether Ramsey started. Uh, no, he didn't. There you go. Uh, Quickly, do you think Ramsey will ask Brentford a sweet 3-1 Swansea? That means it's 3-3, so Swansea will go through on away goals. Do they have away goals? Nobody knows. No one cares. Is it 3 yeah, I thought Swansea won the first leg 1-0, no? It was 1-0 Swansea, so yes, 3-2. Oh, it must be Fulham that won 2-0 then. Yeah, oh, it was Fulham, yeah. Right, we're going to do two last quick questions. Um, see, I've forgotten what I've just said. That's terrible, isn't it? What was I just talking about? <laughs> You just said you think Ramsey's going to come back, but I just said I was oh. going to say no because he's on four hundred grand a week. <laughs> no, I, I don't not come back to us. No, I wouldn't want him back. Can't afford the um, the, the doctor's no. costs. Um, do you think he's going to be at Juventus next season playing for them? No, I don't. I mean, no, but I mean, who's going to who's going to pay his wages? That's he's, 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 he's in the um, yeah, he's in the Gareth Bale um, category now, isn't he? Which is massive wages like unless Juve are going to pay majority of it who's who's going to who's going to take it on true and I do I do love Ramsey one of my favourite players right final question Mike Hurts favourite sport movie um, I'll answer this one I've got a couple while you're thinking uh, Days of Thunder that's actual real sport it's America and the other one was the the Dan Hardy MMA no not Dan Hardy he's an MMA fan Dan um uh, Tom Hardy there you go all the words are there shake my head or they come out in the wrong order the the Tom Hardy one uh, I think it was called Warrior oh as close to a, a real MMA situation as you're going to get I think I don't know any other films that have done that Fem, have you got one you can think of or two or three I don't make the rules are you muted yeah, I mean, I've got... Um, no, no, I'm not muted. I'm oh, you're thinking. frazzling all over the place, but I, th- I think I'm back now. No, um, I would go Any Given Sunday. I absolutely loved Any Given Sunday. Um, I loved Jerry Maguire, that Tom Cruise going crazy in that. And from... Someone put a good shout there. Remember the Titans? That's a great movie. But for me, from when I was younger, The Mighty Ducks was my favourite 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 sports film you've never seen Mighty Ducks oh my god I mean if you like Goonies and stuff like that you'll definitely love Mighty Ducks mm, no um, I don't like the cold <laughs> um, Sam if you've got one I'm trying to ignore what Thunder Road has put in there he's a dirty boy uh, <laughs> what's your favourite sports film uh, remember, remember the Titans was the first one that came to mind to be fair but the other one that I'm going to give a shout out to watching it as I was growing up Cool Runnings that was absolute classic, mate. Based on a true <laughs> Absolutely story. loved it. Based on a true story and quality. But two more serious ones, but they're more documentaries, really. The Last Dance, absolutely amazing on Netflix. Just sensational. Uh, and Senna, I'm a massive Formula One fan. I thought Senna was an unbelievable 
film, the way that they did that with documentary about Ayrton Senna for me was superb. Um, the only one, the other one that I did like, and I don't actually like it uh, that much basketball, but Coach Carter was a really good, oh, someone's just put it in there. Ryan from Mr. Arsenal Podcast, <laughs> just put it on. Coach Carter, that was quality. I enjoyed that. thought that was a great one. So, um, yeah, there's some good sports films. If I had to pick one, I would probably go with Cool Runnings, you know, just because I absolutely loved it. Just thought it was brilliant from start to finish. It was funny. <laughs> um, yes, I'm thinking what else we've got to do. Right, um, we need to do our gentleman's nods while, I, while you two are thinking of yours. Um, I will say thank you much to Craig for lending us, uh, Dan, um, the £25,000. Uh, I misread it. It wasn't two and a half grand. It's on its way via Korea. And then also our ABW Fantasy Premier League has finished. Uh, the winner was Warren D- D- DS. Oh, you is it D'Souza? Maybe they missed out the apostrophe. Warren D'Souza with Pepe Don't Preach. Second place was Orpheus Jones. Isn't that the person from Matrix? No, maybe not. Maybe I know that person's name. Morpheus. Morpheus, yeah. Oh, there you go, Morpheus. He's, he's for <laughs> Orpheus. His team was called Bond, James Collin. I don't know what the hell that means. And in third place, Snake Juice with Lep. Prin FC again, more nonsense. I have no idea about. And the ABW one, Jeff Hollerfrond and dun 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 with uh, Sudsy Bubbles has won back to back titles. Josh Dor second place with Los Polos Ceballos, which is the the chicken Ceballos. I think Polos is Spanish for chicken, or I think so. And in third place, uh, Michu at the Guillaume. But then Collings uses Spurs players. So you, sir, are fired. Um, Dan, is there anybody you would like to give a gentleman's nod to? <laughs> uh, to be fair, there's, there's a couple of uh, shout-outs. First, yourself, Danny, for letting me come on, man. I've absolutely loved it. It's been <laughs> Sorry, awesome. It um, <laughs> nah, it's all good, man. And it's nice to meet Femme as well. Uh, yeah. But thanks for having us on, man. And um, just want to give a, a shout-out to... Um, to Sam Old Arsenal because we'll be coming on Friday night will be me, Kevin Campbell and Lee Judges uh, for a FA Cup preview on Friday at 7 o'clock guys so please come and check it out uh, on YouTube 7pm and come and follow us at same old AFC in capitals or follow myself at DanArsenal87 but hopefully we'll see some of you on Friday night Love your podcast it's brilliant um, who would you like to give a gentleman's nod to not whoever runs the Wi-Fi where you are that they, they need yeah, to they are. <laughs> yeah sorry about tonight guys I'm, I've been on a bit of a it's not I'm not in my usual setup I've don't been tell, don't tell them where you are jumping around no, I'm not telling them where I am <laughs> no I want to um, give a shout out to everyone at ABW to be honest uh, all the guys I've been doing the uh, live shows with this season josh 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 has hosted nearly every show that i've done um uh josh uh, carl uh, ellis um all the guys really john um i did a show with uh, the pirate this this year which is good as well so yeah all the guys at abw but i'm gonna be really cheeky and i wanna um i wanna go and follow me please I, I need more followers please follow me follow me follow me i, I, I don't usually do that but i want to get to a thousand followers before the end of the summer so come on follow me <laughs> but yeah go and look at our twitter the um the our own podcast twitter because i've started putting people's ats in there not mine because i don't want followers because i found the more followers that i have the more people are telling me i'm wrong so i should have zero followers <laughs> and i'll be a very happy person because it's it's nothing but but grief 
Um, right. Thank you very much to everybody who joined us in the chat box tonight. You have all been very special in your own special way. And uh, good luck to the mighty Arsenal on Saturday. I don't think we need it. And it's definitely not going to be a nil-nil. The show will be live uh, 10 minutes after the, the game. I think it's going to be Jason, Josh, John, Chris, uh, Ellis, Josh, Femi, Carl. Everyone's going to be on. It's going to be a slobber knocker, a hell of a way to see the season out. And we will be back to dissect the magnificent 18-0 win against Chelsea sometime next week. And then uh, we have got a couple of special podcasts um, that um, Femi, Carl and Drew are working on a special one. It's going to be very interesting. We're going to have a few um, listeners ones over the summer where we're going to invite you into our chat. And if you're a knob, we're going to kick you out. Uh, we're going to see how that goes because that's going to be fucking carnage. But we're going to do it because there's fuck all else to do for the five minutes between the end of this season and the beginning of next season. So thank you very much, Femi, for joining us tonight. You have been uh, delicious. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much. Sorry about the Wi-Fi, but uh, next time it will be much better. Don't worry. <laughs> uh, and thank you very much, Dan, for joining us tonight. You have been effervescent. Which oh, means thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> well played. No, thanks, boys, and uh, pleasure, absolute pleasure, and uh, appreciate it. We'll have to return a favour and do something together and do a crossover, Danny. Sounds good, man. Good idea in the summer. We've got one planned with Amanda and Sophie and um, Mr. Campbell from their ones. Yeah, do that again. It's always good. And uh, we will see you all on Saturday. Thank you very much, and good night. As soon as I scored that goal, I was fucking livid. Splendid business. Get down, dog.